Hey everybody, welcome back to the Disreputable Podcast. My name is Brandon, and this is episode six. Can you believe it? We're six episodes in to our season two of Disreputable Podcast. I'm here with a very, very, very special guest. Those of you who know my story, uh, you've heard me mention a woman, you've heard me talk about a lady, but for the first time to the disreputable, the disreputable world, I introduce to you my mother. Well, hello. It's so good to be with you, son. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just would look so forward to this today. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Um, the people that are with us, they kind of know that our church is moving into a new location. Oh, yeah. Although this really isn't affiliated with our church in a lot of ways, but... Um, so she's in town, and while she's in town, we're moving into the new location. She's going to celebrate with us at our church this weekend, but I thought, let's talk to the people. Right. And, uh, tell them a little bit about our story. Yeah. Tell them a little bit about how we, how we became so great. Right. Yeah. Right there. there you go. Great. Yeah. Um, so it's Disreputable Podcast. Yep. Sorry, Mom. No worries. You just came from my womb. I get you. Um, when I told you yes. that I was going to get a disreputable tattoo, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. uh, not, not the first tattoo, yeah. but you know, like a, a disreputable tattoo, I got it kind of yeah. right here. Well, I would like to know, what was your initial, initial thought? Well, I'm not real big on labels. Okay. I, you know, good, positive, sure. happy, sad. I'm not a very good label girl. Mm-hmm. So I I wanted to know why you wanted to put disreputable because... Because I when you first hear it... Yeah. I didn't perceive you as that way because right. I know the inner thoughts of who you are. Sure. And so, but I understand the concept of where you were coming from. Right. And that, that I think it's a conversational piece. Right. Not that people are going to be looking at your chest... Unless you have a tank or whatever. Anyway, so, you know, I think it's an engaging for a story. Yeah, I remember when I was going to get the tattoo. And the the guy asked me like three or four times, are you sure you want to get this? Wait, when the tattoo artist has to ask you two or three times? Right, as I'm looking at his arm with like (laughs) stuff that I don't want to talk about because it's a little more disreputable. Right, 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 right. Um, Disreputable, we we have described from the beginning of being misunderstood. I think so. Um, making a decision that doesn't follow the status quo. Right. Doing things that uh, are out of the box. That sure. It's culture setters. We've said from the beginning, you look around here and the greatest people that we admire in life make decisions not based upon what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And, and based upon that, there's perceptions of other people. Sure. And then they all of a sudden, you know, view you a different way. Right. When I say disreputable now that we've talked about right, it over right. the last year or so, do you identify? Do you? I know I'm not label, but right, do right, right. you? Do you? Does it resonate with you? Does it, it does. hit a, a spot inside that you're like, hey, I, I see that. You know what? I think having an understanding of what it means. Mm-hmm. Just helps bring forth a, a just a, a perception of what a different look might look like. And honestly, I was the girl who was raised with a free spirit that my parents really didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. And so, especially being a preacher's kid, living in a culture to where you live in this beautifully 
glass house. Right. And then when you look through it, you you know, those who are outsiders want to throw stones. Right. And so I kind of lived in a real protective environment. Yeah. Until I started learning to make decisions. Yeah. And then when I made those decisions, they were a little bit disreputable. <laughs> Especially in the church world. They're right. like, but in my philosophy, it was like, when I was born, I think uh -huh. my mom and dad looked at me and like, Oh my gosh, what have we done? Because it was like a, a out of the box thinker at yeah. a very I was like seize, like seizing people up in the corner wondering like sizing them up like uh -huh. what you doing? Uh -huh. And and they really I've always had that concept of how you doing? Like what you doing over there? I went for the one in the corner. Right. Cuz I was that girl, very timid. Is it hard for you to see yourself now? Uh, as disreputable or the one that stands out or the one that thinks out of the box or do you kind of embrace that now and 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 and, and like li and make make decisions based off of it I make decisions based off of the fact of what I know okay. is true and what I know for me is true is that that I cannot be confined to a box I cannot be confined to what society or, or labels put on me, I just have to still stay in the same realm of that free spirit mindset, knowing that it is right with my savior. Right. And then once that is, I, I'm good. Like it, it may not, when someone says, well, that's just not normal. I really want to know what does normal look like to you? Because right. I do not know what normal looks like to me. Yeah. I, I mean, even, you know, Rick, my husband, he's like, I never even saw it that way. Sure. And that's why, you know, I do what I do as a life coach because right. I look at different perspectives and as you have taught me to flip that script. Yes. You know. So I was just about to mention that. You yeah. are a life coach. Yeah. You meet with with people all throughout the week. Yes. And their stories right. are disreputable. Very much so. I relate. You, I'm so relatable. Do you feel like that relate relating to people is the greatest way to get to people? It is, but it doesn't mean that you have to go outside of your uh, like moralistic values okay. to be relatable because they can't relate to some things. And, but there are some things that I definitely have an insight to mm -hmm. that I really feel like that I've been gifted with this beautiful value of wisdom to share my story with them too right. and learn from those experiences. If, see, I don't coach people right. who need to change. I, want, I coach people who want to change. What's the difference? Well, need is is that you doing it out of obligation. Want is that you want to go to the next step. You want to go. Yeah. I don't do need. Right. I do want. So, doctor says, you should see, and they do it because doctor says, or, right, right, right. or husband says, you need to go, yeah, and yeah. they don't really want to go. No, who likes to be told what to do anyway? Right. But but when they get to a place where they feel like they want yes. to change. They're stuck in a rut. They need to go to a different plateau. You know, whatever, whatever they're wanting to see differently from a different perspective, I'm their girl. Yeah. Yeah. I, cr I coach all across the nation. Like I have international clients. Right. Technology is amazing. Right. And this whole, this just so suited for now. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned labels. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the, the people that you interact with, that you coach, yeah. are fighting labels? Well, I did labels of shame, okay. labels of guilt, 
labels of looking at my life. I'm being uh, 56, 57 in May, and I coach women of all areas and men as well, mm -hmm. and they're different in their journey. Mm -hmm. And for them to think that, oh man, I wish I would have done that earlier, yeah. but you just can't change it. You can't live life with a regret. So, right. you know, start now so yeah. that you don't repeat the cycle in five days or five years. Yeah. Yes. So for me in the eighties, being a preacher's kid, having the stigma of, you know, living in a perfect world. Right. I lived in a beautiful family with a wonderful household, but we were still imperfect people. And right. I brought that out in the best of my family. Yeah. Per perfection is a problem. Yeah. Yes. Because people see, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yes. I'm assuming that people see everybody else's world and right. it feels perfect. And then they look at their world and it's oh, far from perfect. Yeah. And so, so, so the comparison you just mentioned yes. there kind of can destroy your, can destroy your soul. It just, controls your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And right. so when you put all of that into one capsule and then you see yourself not measuring up to that, you automatically internalize what is wrong with me? Hmm. What is wrong with me? And that's really the root of my investigating and it just being so mysterious in life was that I had this root of rejection. Hmm. And in that root of rejection from someone that I validated, his voice was so, his voice was in my head and, and people around me whistled it, the tune. Mm -hmm. And when they did that, I would follow their lead because right. need attracts itself to need. Right. And so I was very needy. Sure. And so I needed attention. I needed affection. And it wasn't because I didn't have a great daddy because he was the best in the world. Sure. It was just that this little innocent girl needed, she needed. And I can't even imagine what I would be now with, right. so, with social media. It's yeah. just out of control. Yeah. This is perfect because I feel like I have my own life coach. You do. I, I remember, <laughs> I, I've called my mother on numerous occasions and sometimes she'll ask, you'll ask me. Yeah. You'll say, do you want me to help or, <laughs> or do you just want to talk? You know, and I'm like, I just want you to, I just want to talk right yeah, now. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you have walked me through numerous amounts of things and, and we've, we've walked through some, some stuff together. Oh yeah. And even in the last couple years, we have shared, uh, stories that, you know, you had kept for a long time. I had kept for a long time. Right. Like, is there ever going to come a time? And then the moment hits and, 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 and then you share, you know? You know what's so crazy about that is that in the, in the moments that we have gone deep into the crevice of our soul, which I call them soul wounds, mm -hmm. and it, it, it frees one person up, but it could bind someone else. Sure. And the ability to be able to have this relationship of trust right. as adults mm -hmm. is fascinating. I mean, I loved you as a child. Right. But I love you as an adult, and then I love you as a friend. Because right. you're a beautiful soul. Yeah, thank you. There's there's people watching, and yeah. they're, they're, this is going to come across. Mm -hmm. You were once a business owner. Yeah. You are now a, right. a business owner. Nonprofit. A nonprofit. Right. Um, you're, you, you reach uh, t a wide perspective, a wide range of people. Right. This is going to go to 
so many different types of people. Right. There's people that are going to be watching that are Jesus followers, okay. that aren't Jesus followers, right. and people watching that maybe just got went through a divorce, or sure. went through bankruptcy, people that just got a job. Right. And if someone was to walk through your doors, right? Because you've put hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of 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 wisdom and study and knowledge, right. and maybe there's somebody out there that is going to watch this and they need right what you have inside of you right now right um someone walks through your door right and they say i want i want help right this isn't a need thing i want mm -hmm. what do you do well immediately i would just ask them you know where are you at in society where are you at emotionally where are you at mentally where are you at where are you at? And if they say, I really don't know, like I have these younger people that I, I coach, mm -hmm. and they're like, I've lived for 23 years and I don't know me. Hmm. And so I help them find themselves. How do, how do you find you? Okay, I do it through books. Okay. I do it walking them through certain things. I do like a little assessment with them at first, okay. and they kind of see where they are. Mm -hmm. And then I am, and because of my lifestyle, mm -hmm. and because I have lived with Jesus and I have lived without Him, mm -hmm. and I am much more at peace with Him sure. than without Him. I let them know I am a faith-based sure. coach, absolutely, because I cannot do what I do. Right. efficiently and effectively without his wisdom and guidance right. to help me right. to help them. And so, you know, I just kind of do a little assessment. I do a personality profile with them to kind of get an idea mm -hmm. of their strengths and weaknesses. And and maybe it was the first time that they've really ever thought about that. Mm -hmm. And then we just, we just, just go in there and dig deep. And most of the time, it comes from a root, son. Mm. And when we get to the depths of that root... Mm -hmm. We can excavate it, and then we can plant new seed. But you got to get deep, right? And these and most people don't know how to do that. Can you get deep overnight? No, it no. takes time. And you know what? So miracles mm -hmm. are instantaneous. Okay. Healings are a process. Do you think we live in a day and age where people want fast results? Of course. So they they want to be well tomorrow. Right, right, and it's not going to happen. So how much of it is a process? Well, Rome wasn't built yeah. in a day. Right. How to eat an elephant? Right. One bite at a time? Right. So everything has to take time. Right. And I think we are our best investment. And if we take time to invest in ourselves, okay, so if I as did not take time to invest in myself as you were growing up, I would be nothing for you. Like, I know our philosophy is is that you saved my life, I saved yours, right. I saved yours, yeah. you saved mine. And I was discussing with your beautiful wife yesterday that, and I don't know if you remember, but I was going through Delta School to be a flight attendant. Oh, wow. And you got scarlet fever mm. and was running 103 fever, and I had to come home. Mimi was taking care of you. Right. And you were my, pro you were my priority. Right. So at that moment, it wasn't for what my destiny was supposed to do but yeah how, how cool is that yeah that is crazy yeah um there are people that'll see you and they'll say what does this woman know about disreputable right maybe they follow you on instagram or maybe they'll look you up or sure. or maybe they'll hit, hit your website which will say all that stuff at the end so people can find you if 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 they are looking for help uh but what what you know what what do you know? I know. I, we, we're, sure. we're, we're close. We're like right, this. So right. I know, but they don't know. What do you know about being disreputable? 
You know, in 1981 is when I, well, I was really 16 when I started figuring out what life looked like for me. Because I lived in this beautiful bubble until my sister left, four years older. Then I had to, like, find my way. And being a preacher's kid, living across the country, a nation, internationally, Europe, 22 years. Okay, you keep saying preacher's kid. Yeah. Um, 20% of the audience might know what that means. Okay. But when you say preacher's kid, yeah. that is a label. Right. That That is what? My dad was a preacher mm -hmm. in the denomination that we were currently with. And so that denomination would move him from dirt, different places. And at one time, he was the superintendent of Africa. Mm -hmm. He was also the superintendent of Europe. Okay. And so he was over, you know, over California and Right. Texas. What does that do to you? Moving around for me mm. was really good because of my personality. Okay. And so I don't ever meet a stranger. You know, I think sometimes you're like, Mom, tame it down. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Mom, tame it down. But I, I'm just so engaging because I'm fascinated by people. Right. And I love their stories. When you say being a preacher's kid. Right. And I want you to continue your story in a second. But you're basically saying all eyes on me. Is oh. that what you're saying? Well, they to be perfect. You know, Perfection. just, okay, so okay. you look at... You look at dentists' children's teeth. Okay. You oh, look, okay. Yeah. You look at psychologists' yes. children. Yeah. You 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 put everybody in or whatever your parents do. Right. Then you follow suit. Right. And I did not follow suit. There's no way that a dentist should have a son or daughter with terrible teeth. Right. That's your profession. Right. Right. Okay. So gotcha. You know, you have these psychologists and psychiatrists, right. but then they're you know, their children might have to have medicine sure. or, you know, whatever. And right. so for preachers' kids, it okay. was to be holy and perfect and make no bad decisions. And this sweet little um, curly-headed girl who wore her part all crooked could not just fit in that society. I just didn't know how to be perfect. Right. And it wasn't my parents wanting me to be perfect. Right. It was... The people outside putting that label on me as being perfect right. because there was no way I could be perfect. So when I realized that I couldn't, I was like, "So satisfaction in everything else." I mean, there's no way I could I could not live up to that expectation. Right. I don't I don't raise perfect children now. Well, close. Close. <laughs> because I've gotten better. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but in that, it's just crazy how, you know, I don't raise perfect children. I don't have a perfect marriage. Sure. But I work towards doing my best every day. Yeah. yeah. I love your philosophy is that you want to make people better, better than when you left them. Yeah. And, I mean, you've taught me so much. Oh, my gosh. Let's, just, talk, let's just stop there for a few minutes. Tell okay. everybody what not. <laughs> tell everybody how great tell you are. How, tell everybody how great I am. You know, what have I taught you? Hey, no, we no. don't have enough time. Yeah, well, Not stop. enough time. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're sweet. So, at, 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 when I'm, you know, 18 years old, you right. know, I'm the slut of the family. You right. know, I'm the one who just can't, can't do the right thing, can't say the right thing, yeah. making horrible decisions. Yeah. Lost soul. Just a, a wretched mess. Yeah. I think my new word lately has been scandalous. Have you noticed me using it a lot? No. Oh, well, you haven't been around me yet lately. Because I think every time I say... <laughs> you gotta come to Washington. Come, I know, right? Okay. If you must. If I must. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I lived this life. Scandalous. Scandalous is like, gosh, she was just so 
scandalous. Hmm. Like, but then I realized that Jesus was scandalous. Like, he loves scandalous people. Now, that would offend a, a lot of people. Well, I hate that for him. As disreputable. Because right. I would put scandalous and disreputable in the same... Well, I'm glad he loved me because I was a scandalous, wretched mess. Yeah. So, you know, if you feel like that... So, I felt like I had to be perfect to be loved by Jesus. Mm. So, then when I wasn't perfect, who's not... How's he going to love me? Yeah. And when I learned what grace looked like yeah. at an older age... Yeah. Because I was raised in such law that God was up in heaven with this gavel. And every time I made a bad decision, he was going to bunk me on the head. Right. And that is so not. Right. That is not who I serve. Yeah. Mm -mm. Grace. 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 I think there's a lot of people that even if they don't consider themselves people of faith. Yeah. They know what they know what grace feels like. Yeah. You know, maybe not know the biblical definition or the person of grace. But right. You know what it's like to, to turn uh, your cheek or little right. little principles that that Jesus teaches. We'll close in just a few minutes. How much of it, of the people that you coach, how much of it is the misunderstanding of grace? We feel like, I, I coach so many people who feel like they have to earn love. They have to earn grace. If, when I learned that Jesus went to the cross for me, it was a one and done. He ain't going back. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going back. It's a one and done. I don't have to earn it. Mm -hmm. I have to accept it. And so when I accepted the forgiveness, which it was the most of forgiving myself, mm -hmm. when I accepted him as my Savior, and then I had this forgiveness for me, right. I could be a better mom for you and a better person for society because I could forgive me. Right. I mean, even our word tells us that if you... To love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Most people don't love themselves, so they right. don't love their neighbor. Right. So I had to learn to love me, and yeah. I love me. Yeah. But it took me a lot to learn to love me. Yeah. Because I wasn't lovable. I mean, I made some wretched, scandalous decisions. Right. But one of there, I always say, you know, when I wrote the book *Lies, Liar, and the Lioness*, which right. is basically our story, but and a lot more to it. But you know, there's so many things about that that I I learned that is that. Um, Three decisions, Jesus as my savior, you being born mm -hmm. out of wedlock, mm -hmm. choose to try to abort, you know, they know your story, the whole, Some of it, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, had the appointment to abort you and mm -hmm. made the decision to keep you, which was a, the best second decision that I'd ever made. And then the third was to marry Rick Kramer. He was, right. he loved me and knew everything about me Yeah. and loved me the same. And took you... For who you were, where oh, you were. He didn't try to dress me up. He didn't try to make me a trophy wife. He just said, you know what, let's go. Let's do this. Because yeah. we were both wretched mists. Right. And saved by grace. Right. And we knew what it was like to love unconditionally. Yeah. There's like probably episode 7, 8, 9, and 10 that we could continue. For sure. And, and, and But you have, you have written... Two books. Two. One is the first one that we wrote was uh -huh. uh, is Lee Curriculum at Lee University. Lee University. Lee University's curriculum. Where I graduated right. college from. Right. And it's called Identity Theft. Right. Who's people behind can, the mask? People can find it. Is it on? Can you get it on Amazon uh, or anything? It's yet? in their bookstore, but I don't. I don't think that one's on Amazon. It was. That it's, was my newest. At your website, though. Yes. Can I get it for your website. So, mm -hmm. 
your website is sandykramer.tv. And if people are looking for a coach, maybe they yeah. see this and they're looking, they're like, hey, I just maybe I could, I don't know if I, but I'd like to talk to that woman. Yeah. They can they can contact you through your yeah, website. Yeah, there is a tab where it has for life coach. Okay. And I just started these webinars as well. Yeah. And it's once a month. Cool. Um, it's the first Wednesday of every month. And you can sign up for subscriptions or whatever you choose. But it's just a way to connect. You know, yes. I just don't want people to do life alone. Right. We are better together. And, you know, I am a, just a big girl who loves Jesus to be real. And I, I'm relevant. And I just want people to know him. Yeah. Yeah. And then you wrote your book, your latest book. Yeah. Lies. Liar. Liar. And the lioness. And the lioness. Yeah. Explain that book. Okay. So this book kind of takes me from being the lies that I believed about okay. myself. Which is what we talked about a little bit today. Right. Yeah. The liar that I became. Okay. Because I, I did not want to live in the society. A liar that I became just in this whole identity issue. Mm -hmm. And then the lioness is that I truly understand the depths of the calling and my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Are you going to want me to roar? <laughs> no, I was like, maybe. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so let's close with this. Okay. We haven't closed like this yet with okay. the with our podcast. Okay. But let's close like this. Look into that camera and tell <laughs> <laughs> Look into that camera and speak to someone okay. that's out there that is gonna watch this that may be similar to their story. Yeah. Maybe they just found out they're pregnant out okay. of wedlock okay. and maybe they have an appointment for an abortion or maybe there's somebody that woke up in a drunken stupor this morning okay. or maybe there's um, a person that lost their job and maybe there's someone today that just, their dream just came true. Okay, great. Who knows? Okay. Speak to them today. It is so my honor and privilege just to just tell you that there is hope. If you feel hopeless, then hopelessness is a place of desperation. And believe it or not, you're at the right place because there is something greater than hopelessness. And his name is Jesus. I can introduce you to him. I can lead you to him. But more importantly, there's healing for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But more importantly, there is hope for you today. Look me up. Let's do life together. We can journey together. It will be fascinating to watch you grow and us grow together as a team. Yeah. I love you. I love you, son. Yeah. So proud of you. Yeah, thank you. This is my honor. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for being on here. And thank you for watching. Once again, you are our people. And so make sure you share. Dean said every time, make sure you share with at least three people. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.